This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we bring our series called Better Together to a close. Rick takes a final look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and shows us how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with the people around us. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a special resource that will help you learn how to love, trust, and work together with your family, friends, and community to achieve God's purpose for your lives. It's called the 40 Days of Community Study Kit. You can take a sneak peek at this great resource, which includes a six-session DVD and study book guide by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's message. Here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Living a Generous Life. Now number four, generous. When I'm generous with other people, it's an investment for eternity. It's an investment for eternity. Generosity is an investment. Luke 16, verse 9. Would you read this verse aloud with me? Use your worldly resources to benefit others. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. Now, you've heard me say many times, and you've heard it said, you can't take it with you. You're never going to see a hearse pulling a U-Haul behind it. You know, it's just not going to happen. Did you know that that mortuaries sell these things called burial suits, which are suits for people who don't have a suit they want to be buried in? Did you know what's the difference with a burial suit? There are no pockets in them. It's true. Why? You don't need them. Okay? You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. How do you do that? By investing in people who are going there. And every time you're generous with the poor, with a friend, with a neighbor, with anybody, and with God, anytime you're generous with, with, and with your time, your money, your effort, God says, you're storing up in the bank in heaven. Now, your time on earth is only about 80, maybe at the most 100 years. You're going to spend trillions of years in eternity. Where do you need to have the biggest account? Where are you going to spend the most time? So how do you store up treasure in heaven? like Jesus said to do. Well, look at the next verse. 1 Timothy 6 says this. Tell the rich, by the way, let me stop right there. That's all of you? The rich? If you're an American, you're rich. Compared to the rest of the world, even the poorest people are rich. So he's talking to all of us. He says there, tell the rich to use their money to do good, giving happily to those in need always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. Now, there's no greater investment than the kingdom of God. And when you help other people with your time, with your money, with your resources, whatever you got, you are actually, God says, I'm counting that as an investment in heaven. Because you're not spending it on yourself, you're using it to help somebody else. And that means you're being like me. And he says, that's an investment, it's protected in heaven. And he says, it pays good rates, it's proven, great dividends, and no risk. You're not going to get that kind of investment anywhere else. You make a living by what you get. 
but you make a life by what you give. Now, there are so many examples of generosity in this church you don't even know about. They happen literally every day of the week. I want to show you just one. On last Saturday, about 50 men in our church decided they wanted to go help poor single mothers up in inner city L.A. So they made all these gift baskets and filled them with coupons and with, uh, I mean, uh, gift certificates and bed and bath stuff and all kinds of things. And then they took and distributed about 50 gift baskets just to mothers who were poor single mothers who were barely making it in inner city L.A. Now, why would 50 guys in this church decide to spend a Saturday taking gifts to single mothers? I mean, they could have stayed home and they could have watched football. They could have hung out, laid around on the couch, but instead they did something. Well, you know who got blessed most of that? Out of that, they did. Because their heart grew, they broke the grip of materialism in their ba- over their back, and they are growing. They're becoming more like Christ, and they're storing up investment in heaven. And that brings me to number five. Generosity blesses me in return. It not only creates community and defeats materialism and strengthens my faith and is an investment for eternity, it blesses me in return right now. I mean now. I don't have to wait to heaven. Now this is stated over and over and over and over in the Bible, that God blesses those who are generous. I mean, it's just like hundreds of times he's got us saying, I want you to get this one for sure because I want you to become like me. I want you to learn to be generous. There's another word for generous. It's the word gracious. It's gracious. God shows his grace by being generous to you. Now, there are lots of examples of how blessing, generosity blesses me in return. Here's just one in Deuteronomy 15. It says there, give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Circle the word all and circle the word everything. God says, I'll bless you in all you do and in everything you put your hand to. I wonder how many of you would like that to happen. Well, he says there, give generously. Become a generous person. Now, here's the question. Do you really believe that? If you don't believe that, you should take a pair of scissors and cut it out of the Bible because you don't believe it. See, what is amazing to me is that some people can trust God for their eternal salvation, but don't trust God with their finances. What's the logic behind that one? In other words, I I can trust God to forgive all my sins, and I can trust God to to secure my eternity in heaven, but I don't trust him to keep his promise about money. Oh, really? You see, I feel sorry for people who are stingy because they don't really trust God, and they don't have any confidence in God. And as a result, they, don't, they miss out on so many blessings. God says, I want to bless you in return. Now, on the back of your outline, here's the sixth reason. It produces happiness. It produces happiness. Acts 20, verse 35, Jesus said, there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. You can sign up for Pastor Rick's free email devotional at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Pastor Rick says we were never meant to live life alone and that the purposes God has for our lives are best fulfilled together in community. That's why he created the 40 Days of Community Bible Study. 
In this study, Pastor Rick will take you verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often referred to as the love chapter. He'll teach you how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with those around you, and you'll discover how God uses community for your own good and growth. This six-session video and workbook study will show you how you are truly better together. Today, when you give a gift to Daily Hope to help take the love of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the 40 Days of Community Bible Study Kit to say thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy, or you can call 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or call 800-600-5004. And be sure to let us know which station you heard us on. Thank you so much for your support. Today is the last day to get this great resource, so don't wait. Now let's get back to today's lesson here on Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Now here's the seventh reason why God wants us to be generous. And it's the most important of all, because generosity makes me more like God. Generosity makes me more like God. God is generous. John chapter 1 says this, verse 16. We all live off God's generous bounty, gift after gift after gift. And to become like him, we've got to be generous. See, God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. It is the essence of love, and it's the essence of fellowship. God says, I want you to learn. That's why this book is about giving. As I said, God talks more about giving, about generosity, than he does about heaven or hell in the Bible. Did you know that? Because he wants us to be like him. And that's why, like in class 201, we tell you that the word believe is used 272 times in the Bible. Believe. God wants you to believe. The word pray is used 371 times in the Bible. God wants us to pray. The word love is used 714 times in the Bible. God wants you to learn to love. But the word give is used 2,162 times because he wants you to learn to be generous. Kay and I have been through six different giving emphasis, four in this church and two where we were just members in other churches. And every time we grew, because the Bible says this in 2 Chronicles 29, 1 Chronicles, everything we have comes from you, Lord, and we can only give you what is already yours. He already owns all the French fries. (laughs) So if he owns them all, he can give them back to you if you want to. You know that three times in the 29 years Kay and I have been married, we have given away our life savings three times. Three times God said, give it all away. Why? Because our security is not in a bank account. Our security is in God. And he can turn off it He can turn off at one place and turn it on in another. It's real easy. My security is not in my bank account. My security is in God, and that's a lot more stable than the stock market. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it is. A lot more stable than the stock market. And so when you put your trust in God, you're far more secure than you are if you had a big bank account. How many of you were here when we did the time to build uh, giving emphasis? Can I see your hands? Yeah, you'll know this story. Back in 1993, we were meeting in a tent over here, and we said, okay, it's time to build. We need to build a building. We had more than 10,000 people coming. We still didn't have a building. So he said, let's build a building. 
And so I was over here reading the Bible, kind of preparing my heart, and I was reading in the Old Testament about how King David was asking people, and he was going to give for the temple. And in it, God told David, he said, I want you to announce to the people what you're going to give so you can be a model. And I thought, that's, that's nice for David. <laughs> and God said, no, I mean you. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean you. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want, people, it'll be misunderstood, and I mean, all kinds of questions. I don't, you ever have one of those whiny days with God? I had a whiny week. Okay, and I said, God, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. God said, you know, it's not for their benefit, it's for your benefit. You need to trust me in this. And uh, so I went to Kay and I said, okay, let's start praying about what would be our gift. And let's pray because we never want anybody to sacrifice more for this church than us. Somebody might give more, but nobody's ever going to sacrifice more. I'll make sure of that, that we make the biggest sacrifice. And I would never, ever ask you to do something I hadn't already done. And so uh, we said, what would really stretch us? So he said, you pray and I'll pray. We came up with each a number. We got back together and said, okay, how much did you come up with? No, you go first. <laughs> no, no, you go first. No, you go first. And I said, okay. Well, we had come up with the same number. And we both felt that God was telling us to give two full years of salary. Now, for those of you who are new, you need to know, I don't take a salary from Saddleback anymore. We lived in a 1,200-square foot home in Laguna Niguel. I built the kids' bedrooms in the garage, and my three kids grew up in bedrooms I built in our garage. So we were not extravagant expenders by any sense of the word. They said, God, what am I supposed to live on the next two years? He said, well, do you really believe the Bible? Well, yeah. Okay, well, then trust me. So, okay. So the next week I got up, and those of you who were here at that time, back in 93, I stood up, my knees were quaking, and I said, you know, I don't want to do this, but the Bible talks about the leader leading the way, and so I'm, I'm going to tell you that we believe God's told us to give. And I went home and I thought, you fool. What, what in the world have you done? And it was pretty dicey because I had no idea where I was going to get that money or what we were going to live on. Four days before that offering, it was four weeks later, so it's four weeks of tension. Four days before that offering, a, a publishing company called Zondervan called me up on the phone and said, Rick, we think you should be an author. And we want you to write a book called The Purpose Driven Church. Not life, church. I said, that sounds like a good idea. They said, we think that this is going to be a bestseller, so we're going to send you a contract. All right, God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, now we're talking. Okay. Woo. Ah. Okay. And the next week, I got up and I announced it to the whole church, and they knew that I was under tension, and the place went crazy. We're all clapping and shouting and cheering. And you know what? I would not give anything for the lesson I learned in faith that day. Now, I'll tell you, since 93, God has tested my faith in far, far bigger ways than that. But every time he does, I know that he's stretching me and my heart is growing and I'm becoming a more generous person every day. Now, let me tell you this before you get any wrong ideas. The amount makes no difference at all. What God looks at is the attitude. Remember, God's got all the French fries he wants. He doesn't need yours. Okay, what he wants is he wants you to be unselfish. So he doesn't look at the amount, he looks at the attitude. 
And the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 9, you will be glorifying God through your generous, generous gifts. Tom's going to talk about how we have the right attitude. Would you just jot down four attitudes? First, you give thoughtfully. You give thoughtfully. The Bible says you make up your own mind. Don't give impulsively. You think about it and you pray about it. You give thoughtfully. And then number two, you give enthusiastically. Not reluctantly, but, but enthusiastically. You don't give out of this guilt motivation of, oh, I have to give. If I don't give, God's going to hit me with lightning or something, so I better give. That kind of giving. You give because you know what God's going to do for your heart. And i got to tell you, the more I've given through my life, the more enthusiastic I've become about giving. Third, you give voluntarily. You give voluntarily. You don't do it under pressure. Let me just be real clear about this. If you ever feel pressured to give, don't give. Don't give. And then finally, God loves the person who gives cheerfully. You give cheerfully. You give with joy. You know, it's interesting. One of the Greek words, the, 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 the language the New Testament was written in, one of the Greek words for offering is the word hilarious. So if we're really going to do offerings right, we'd have like stand-up comedy during the offering. So we'd all be laughing and just enjoying it because it is a hilarious thing of what God does when you and I decide to give. One of the things I love about Saddleback is that it is a church that is filled, it is filled with these cheerful people. I mean, you guys love to laugh, we enjoy each other coming in, going out, it's just obvious. And one of the reasons for that, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the reasons there's so much cheerfulness in this church is there is so much generosity in this church. You cannot have joy. I can't have joy in my life without giving, without generosity. But it's not always easy. Sometimes it's a challenge to be cheerful even when you give. Sometimes I want to hang on to it. Let's just read these together again. Why be generous? Would you read the fill-ins with me? It creates community. It defeats materialism. It strengthens my faith. It's an investment for eternity. It blesses me in return. It produces happiness, and it makes me more like God. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Look up here on the screen. Do you remember the generosity of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all? He was rich beyond our telling, yet he became poor for your sake, so that his poverty might make you rich. Now, he's not talking about money here, obviously. He's talking about the true riches of life, the wealth of life. And he says, you know what? The God of the universe humbled himself and came to earth in human form, Jesus Christ. And he went through all the trials and tribulations and hassles that we do, but then he allowed himself to be falsely accused, put on a cross, and crucified. This is the God who created it all. He could have come off that cross in a second, but he didn't. He stayed there to pay for all the sins of the world. Acts 15, 11, let's read it together on the screen. We are saved because Jesus, out of sheer generosity, moved to save us. The only reason you're going to heaven is because of the generosity of Jesus Christ. That's why he wants us to learn to be generous. Would you pray this prayer with me in your heart? Dear God, I know that everything I have is a gift from you. I'd have nothing if you weren't generous. And I know you want me to learn to be like you. So help me to remember that every time I'm generous, 
It creates community and it defeats materialism and it strengthens my faith. And help me to see it as an investment for eternity. Jesus, I know that I'll never be able to repay what you've done for me, but I wanna learn to be generous like you, giving thoughtfully and enthusiastically and voluntarily and cheerfully. And this thanksgiving, I wanna give my thanks through giving. First, I wanna give you my life. And then I wanna give back to you some of what you've given to me. In your name I pray, amen. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive hope and encouragement every day delivered right to your inbox, then sign up for Rick's free daily devotional by going to PastorRick.com right now. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, Pastor Rick says we were never meant to live life alone, and the purposes God has for our lives are best fulfilled together in community. That's why he created the 40 Days of Community Bible Study. In this study, Pastor Rick will take you verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often referred to as the love chapter. He'll teach you how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with those around you, and you'll discover how God uses community for your own good and growth. This six-session video and workbook study will show you how we are truly better together. And today, when you give a gift to Daily Hope to help take the love of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the 40 Days of Community Bible Study Kit to say thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy, or you can call 800-600-5004. Today is the last day to get this great resource, so don't wait. That's PastorRick.com or 800-600-5004. And be sure to let us know which station you heard us on. Thanks so much for your support. Here's Rick to tell you about an exciting new opportunity. Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart. That's worship. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's ministry. That's called the great commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism, baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them to obey everything I've taught you, that's discipleship. And we call that the Great Commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's Word is filled with hope and truth, and the power that we need to follow Him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the Word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, or whether you listen to a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family. 
and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. Be sure to join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and your generous financial support.